The Carmichael Dave Show. He's on the microphone when he's not on the microphone. He's playing a song, and when he's not playing a song, he's on the microphone, and then boom! With Jason Ross. No, he didn't! Yes, he did! Call or text at 916-339-1140. It's the Carmichael Dave Show with Jason Ross on Sacktown Sports. Uh, before we get Red Pop on, he's on the, on the line ringing in now. It's where it's good to have a radio show and have a lot of people that could help me. Drive me crazy. We were talking during the break. What was the name of the program they used to have every uh, Kings game at Arco? Was it Game Time? Something. I, I, I still got a bunch of those in a box in my parents' garage. Uh, it, it, was it game? It was something like that. If some somebody knows, 916-339-1140 is our text line. Or you can get it in the YouTube chat if you're watching. I swear it was game time, but I'm 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 not entirely sure. But yeah, we're trying to trying to find that out. I totally remember them. This right? is just giving me flashbacks. Yeah. Yeah. I hope someone's gonna come through and know the name. They're gonna be like, "Oh, I have it in my garage right now." Uh, Chris just asked me if uh, Greg knows he's supposed to come on. I, I mean, we talked about it last week. <laughs> Greg might still be uh, sad. That'd be hey. By the way, how typical show would it be if I spent all day promoting our last conversation with Greg? And Greg's like, mm, no, I don't want it. As Kyle said to me, um, you know, maybe we're all just grieving this week. Kyle Ledbetter said that to yeah, you. Yeah, yes, because he, I've been very sad. He shouldn't be allowed to say yeah, that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He shouldn't be, what, what is he talking about? I, know. I You know, Kyle Ledbetter, I got to be honest with you. Let me just be honest. Okay. He is like at the bottom of my Sacktown Sports Power Rankings this week. You know how Dion, like. But he's I, so smart. No, he's actually not. He, he publicly embarrassed himself with the whole John Quincy Adams thing last week. That was fun. That and, was a lot of fun. And it's one thing if you're like, everyone's wrong. I get stuff wrong all the time. But when you're aggressive about how right you are and then you're wrong, like, you know, dude, no, that was his grandson, bro. No, that, my favorite part is he's blaming me because I potted up and said, like, oh, he's saying it's his, like, you know, grandparent, and he's blaming me that I, you know, said anything in the first place. I'm like, well, don't be saying it if it's not true. He or said if it. I, I also had a conversation with him yeah. where I asked him, because he's just like, oh, I didn't know. And I said, well... Kyle, how did you answer? Did you say, "Oh, I think it's his grandfather," or did you say, "No, it's his grand. It's the, he's the grandfather," and he's like that one. <laughs> <laughs> he genuinely was like, you know, Simone. I just thought we would be able to celebrate. I didn't think you were going to be taking it this hard. Because it's just been really, because, it's been really difficult. Because he's me. not as big. Because he's not really a Chiefs fan, right? He's a Chargers fan who bandwagoned over. Correct. And they, oh, God, really starting to piss me off. And then on top of that, stealing all the food. We still think he might have opened up a bag of Ruffles this week that was unopened. I don't know that we've confirmed that or not. Nope, Nate opened those up. Okay, apologies. Want to be fair. Taking the Christian McCaffrey thing. That was him trying to be sweet for me. Well, it was him being terrible to the rest of the station, and that's probably why we lost. We have Greg. Every single thing that every fan does at home or at the stadium makes a direct impact oh. in the game. We do not have Greg. 
Okay. Uh, I don't think we're getting him. Yeah, I texted him. Here's the problem, too, is that just so everybody understands, we are on, like, a real time crunch. Uh, we've got some breaks we've had to take or what we would have to take. It's not that big of a deal. I might as well just say this on the air while, yeah. you know, we're going to break at 12, but we're going to combine those breaks. Then we're going to break at 25 and have plenty of time for uh, Monty McNair. Yeah, what we're, what we're exactly what Chris said. What we're trying to do is create a nice long segment for Monty where we'll go commercial free nice. for the, uh, the latter part of the, uh, of the program. But I, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm usually captain of the ship. I'm supposed to pretend like everything's cool. Nothing's going on. What I am worried about is in about five minutes, Greg will be like, oh, yeah, I can come on. Sorry, I was in an elevator. And then we don't have time. <laughs> 9.45 would be good for me. And then, uh, right. <laughs> and then I'm gone next week, and I don't want to miss the last. So maybe we can get Greg to come on in two weeks, and then, oh, we'll, recap the, then we'll recap the Super Bowl together. Wrap up Black History Month. I love it. Yes, 100%. Super Bowl, wrap up the month, the whole thing. Okay, I have another feedback. I would, Or I guess I should say I would love your feedback regarding the Super Bowl if we're waiting on Greg. Yeah, fine. Am I a bad person? I kicked yeah. Kyle out. <laughs> are, once, are, are you a bad person for once kick- that touchdown happened yeah i was like kyle absolutely not you're not celebrating here on my tv with my speakers and so is that terrible that's pretty bad it's 100 like okay can i tell you let me let me tell you what would have happened if kyle was my roommate tell me okay well first off he wouldn't be <laughs> okay but let's say he was okay He wouldn't have been allowed to watch the game at the house because he's a Chiefs fan. That's number one. The Super Bowl party I went to. No, isn't that too much? I mean, he does pay rent. I can't bar him from. also is his dwelling. Right, but he's renting it. Is he on the lease? No, he's not guaranteed. He's not on the lease. Of course he's not. So it's your house. Yeah. I mean, he has like squatter's rights or whatever, but that is your place. Mm, gross. It's definitely, it's definitely my TV. Definitely yes. my sound That's bar. Right. Everything. That's he right. was like gonna, you know. He and then when I was shutting it all down, he was reaching for my my speaker. I was like, nope, no, 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 no. Simone, no. I, I swear to Christ, if you had texted me and asked me, I would have Venmoed him forty bucks to go to the bar down the street. Go get. Some, he doesn't drink. That's right. Go get all the food you want. <laughs> play some, play some video games. Do whatever you do. Go get some. Go get some. Uh, go get some fun colored and then pants. As he was leaving, he let out a big Ric Flair. Woo! See, walking down the stairs and out or, the door. Here's the thing: I went to somebody else's house for a, a small gathering, and before I went, I asked the host, "Will there be any Chiefs fans there?" That's great. Because if there are, like, it's your house, you can do whatever you want. But I'm not going. I, I can't be. I cannot do. I can't be around anyone celebrating my misery. And of course, there weren't. I've got a question now. Yeah. So remember, we were talking about it a while ago. Remember back in the day, we had those huge KGK Super Bowl like, <laughs> it's like cages. Let's I, throw them in it. I do. <laughs> what if we had one of those again? have like a thousand people out there everyone is expected to be there yeah how would you do in that situation i mean look my answer is gonna you're putting me in a terrible spot because there's no way for me to answer this truthfully i know you're doing this on purpose <laughs> there's no way for me to answer this truthfully without sounding like a complete piece of garbage the answer is as you well know i wouldn't be there i would not be anywhere near there and at the look, buck i found the place you're going in the garbage 
And if the boss was like, I'm sorry, it's mandatory, I'd be like, first off, it's personatory. This is 2024. Secondly, I don't care. No. Fire me. I don't care. It's the 49ers. I'm not going to be responsible. You know what's worse than a show host not showing up to a Super Bowl party? I love how you got me on this. You know exactly what you're doing winding (laughs) me up. You're such an ass. What's worse than that? Are newspaper reports local sports hosts assaults fans at station Super Bowl party by throwing like honest to God, and like the whole thing with Kyle, he lets a Ric Flair woo out yes, in my house I, on everything he, he, I love. Yeah, he's also going to be letting out a Ric Flair woo as I toss him off the fence, and he falls ten stories, going woo, splat. Oh, so bad. And then, you know, I know you liked that tweet I had where I was yelling at him in my bear voice. I did. I um, did. That happened right when we learned about the overtime rules. He was like, actually, what? <laughs> I, it happened just like that. And I know I can't do that here Simone, on FCC. Can I just tell you something? And Chris will, Chris will acknowledge how weird this is for me to say. If we're, if you're ever in that situation again, just, you're lying. I'm not. If you're ever in that situation again, just come to wherever I'm at. I wish you weren't a liar. Come on. You, if I don't care if it's at my house. Chris, I would do the same thing for you. No, you wouldn't. You're right. But Simone, <laughs> if you're ever in that situation again, just call me. I needed help. And, and you come I needed on, you, serious, serious help. Yes. You could have come over to whatever Super Bowl party I'm at. But then I... Again, that's letting him win. Why did he? That's why I even watched it at my house because I'm not going to let him enjoy the empty house of me having to go somewhere else to avoid being there with the Chiefs fan. Then you got to go all the way. Then if you're if you're going to be Billy Badass and say I'm not going to let him win, then you have to be Wilhelmina Badass and you have to toss him out of your house. I did. No, uh, before oh, the game. Okay. <laughs> When did you start smoking, Simone? It's not that. I I was was yelling. That was like a Betty Davis laugh. No, it wasn't. That was awesome. I've had a terrible voice all week. I haven't been talking that much. And yeah, I'm I'm in mourning. Thank you. uh, Campeo on the chat says, I'm sure Kyle could take Dave. Listen, I'm not Mr. Billy Badass. I haven't been in a physical confrontation since 02 Lakers Kings. (laughs) And and, and by the way, and that's exactly why I avoid things like this, because that's how that's how the last confrontation happened. Was it Palm Street? And uh, there were Laker fans there, and they were running their mouth. And next thing you know, yeah, it was a bad situation. Anyways, um, but I have like, what do you call that strength? F- farmer strength. Oh, you don't want to go with dad strength? That, whatever it is. Like the Incredible Hulk thing. Like when I lose my te- – like Kyle, God bless him. <laughs> but I would break Kyle over my knee. See, because you <laughs> – you black out, right? Yeah, I do black out. You know this. <laughs> Thanks, That's like I wouldn't. Thanks, like if I me, saw you, like he's like giving picked. me a, a thing. He's gonna crawl all over you though, and he's gonna be on top of you with his legs wrapped around your he's neck talking and about jujitsu. Yeah, yeah, that's not gonna work for Kyle. <laughs> it's not gonna work. Trust me. See, I know when you're angry, and it's fun to play with that, but then when you go quiet, it's like, okay, shut up. (laughs) That's the thing. When I'm outwardly angry, yeah, curses work with me way too long. When I am outwardly angry, yeah, that's fine. That's where Chris likes to pull the strings, and he knows exactly which ones to pull. But you're right. When I get quiet, and that's why at the Super Bowl party I was at, touchdown, 
went straight from the backyard where everybody was, didn't say a word, grabbed my son. Hey, buddy, time to go. Yeah. I did say buddy. I didn't want to freak out in front of my kid. And 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 we're driving home. You know what else is going to make you irate? My sweet, lovely mother cooked a spread, a spread for the Super Bowl, for the big game. Did you get me. any or did he eat it all? No, we definitely ate, but I'm, he also got to enjoy that, not bringing a thing to the table. Mm, gotcha. Uh, you know, it sounds like get to me, Simone, it sounds like, uh, sounds like enabling is what it sounds like. And, 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 and we need to work on you. You're such a sweet person. We need to work on you having an edge. Like we need to work on the triggers for you that actually do make you angry. Yeah. And, and you know, like in, uh, you ever see the water boy? Yes. Okay. Remember when, uh, the dude's face on the other team turned into a, the other guy <laughs> going needle D needle D needle. We need to figure out how you can do that. And then when Kyle went in in his Chiefs outfit and he went in for like one of your mom smoked salmons, we need to just hear you go and just tackle him. I need to tap into my inner Hulk. I'm always angry. Your inner water. I'm always always angry. Uh, All right. Well, we, uh, Greg Papa uh, did not, I actually, that segment just basically dragging Kyle the whole time. Here's the secret, by the way. If I really didn't like Kyle, I wouldn't say anything about him. I do like Kyle. It, I like. That's why you don't say anything about Nate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know I love Nate. The thing about Kyle, though, is just what what is what is simultaneously endearing and and just maddening about Kyle is like you ever have a dog that just doesn't know it, it what it's doing, like that just bumps into walls. And craps all over the house, but in the end, will like come up and put its its little n- nose in your lap, and you just pet it. And you're like, oh, it's okay, Blue. Like I feel like that's Kyle. Just he he's just he's endearing, but also he just constantly is running into walls, like Ric Flair wooing with his new bandwagon team. How about you go back to the Chargers, Kyle? Where's your team? Oh, I forgot they're not there anymore. Why'd you become a Sonics fan too? <laughs> Wait, who's this? Somebody's a Sonics fan here. Uh, Emil. What? Emil's a Sonics fan, dude. How? He's not that old. I don't know, but somehow he's a Sonics fan. This came out a while back. Um, by the way, breaking news from Greg Papa. <laughs> I'm skiing. <laughs> Oh, but he says he can do now? We were kind of afraid of this, weren't we? Um, I know we got a break. I think we should just have him enjoy his skiing. Do you think so? Yeah. So we don't want to try to... it's only going to be like five minutes. Okay. Let's... Yeah. We'll have him come on in a couple of weeks. Uh, we'll take a break. This is, uh, this is a minute 30 here? Or what are no, we... this is the longer one. This is a long... Okay. So we'll take a... Still a minute 30, everybody. <laughs> or is it? Stick around to find out how long this break is. And then Monty McTerry at the bottom of the hour next. Waking you up with the best in local sports. They just make it interesting, you know? It's the Carmichael Dave Show with Jason Ross. On Sackdown Sports. All right, quick segment here because we're going to get to Monty. 
Marty McNair, Kings GM, in the uh, final half of this hour. Hopefully he's not skiing. <laughs> Greg Papa has checked in. Uh, we apologize for that, and uh, we will have him uh, to wrap everything he up. He was ready to go. He's like, hey, I could do it right now. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Papa, you're only going to have like three minutes. I don't. Yeah, I don't want our last. It takes us three minutes just to say our names to each other, so we'll, we won't do that. Uh, but we'll get we'll get our full dose of Papa uh, coming up week after next. Uh, real quick, remember yesterday when I uh, we were on with Sam and I did that whole read for uh, Clear and uh, the, the travel thing. Uh, I got a DM from them earlier in my tour. We'd like to talk to you about perhaps advertising on your station. Really, we heard the segment. Yes. Uh, okay. I want. I was just waiting. Sorry, I'm I'm stumbling here a little bit. Uh, because I wanted to make sure I had this right, and Kings fans are, well, anyone's going to want to hear this, but especially Kings fans. I just got uh, a text from Grant uh, about a minute ago. Scott Pollard is being wheeled into surgery as we speak. Uh, he's he's out there with him right now. Uh, if you don't know, obviously you know who Scott Pollard is, ex-King, one of the, the greatest uh, just – Greatest people you'll ever know. He and his wife, Donna, are, are wonderful people. He uh, has, I believe it's a hereditary heart condition. I, I believe he'd said his, his dad had it, needed a transplant. Um, Scott needs a transplant, a heart transplant. You may have seen that in the news. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, uh, you know, I, I remember texting with him, and the problem with Scott is, He's a huge man, and in more ways than one, he has a huge heart, both physically and in the colloquial way we say someone has a huge heart. Uh, so it's it's hard enough to find a donor, much less a donor that can power a body like Scott's. Um, but cross fingers, apparently they have finally found one. He is being wheeled in right now. Uh, so so obviously, look, whatever whatever works for you. Thoughts, prayers, good wishes. Fingers crossed. Uh, I don't care. Whatever superstition you have, uh, Scott is the embodiment of the Sacramento Kings and and is uh, his heart and soul for anybody who saw him uh, play or has ever been around him. Um, he is he is just uh, awesome. So, anyways, uh, our thoughts with Scott, and of course, obviously, we're not going to be anywhere near the air. Uh, by the time he rolls out, but um, w- we will definitely uh, keep you posted as much as we possibly can. Uh, where are we at on time, Chris? I know we're, we got to be careful here. Got a break. Got a break right now. Okay. We will take our break. When we come back, Kings GM Monty McNair for the final half of uh, this hour uh, with questions, including yours. Uh, that you uh, put on Twitter last night and on the uh, text and YouTube threads today. We'll get to all that with Monty next. Bleed black and purple. It's the Carmichael Dave Show with Jason Ross on your local sports leader, Sacktown Sports. All right, welcome back. Kings General Manager Monty McNair with us in just moments. We'll take you all the way up to the top of the hour. If you have questions for him, 
1-800-920-1140. Let me just give you the text line because we won't get to calls. 916-339-1140. And uh, you can also uh, leave it on the YouTube chat as well. I did ask for questions last night. <laughs> uh, I got a few, including some very interesting ones. So we welcome in right now the GM of your Sacramento Kings, Monty McNair. Good morning, Monty. How are you? Dave, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us. Uh, I, I, As you probably saw, uh, I got a number of uh, questions for you from fans and others. Um, I'll start with maybe the most intriguing, uh, and I don't know all the last names here, uh, but here's one from Daryl in Philadelphia. What players did you try to trade for? <laughs> uh, I think I know the last name uh-huh. on caller Daryl there, uh, trying to get me in trouble, um, but unfortunately can't get into into those. But I I did see you had a, a Jason Statham one, so whoever yeah. that fan is. Yeah, Monty um, M in Sacramento said, "Ask Monty how come he looks so much like Jason Statham." Basically, twins. Uh, I've never seen you two in the same room. Yeah, that's yeah, fair point fair point so everybody can draw their own conclusions if you and yes that was uh monty's old friend daryl morey trying to get him in trouble and no it is not no fine day in the nba it's always there uh monty if you looked at the replies though this is the truth i said this earlier only kings fans uh we've got a trade deadline we've got a contending team we've got all kinds of basketball questions and we'll get to those but i would say you're a stats guy you're an ivy league guy about 70 percent of the questions have are all vest related people want answers they want to know we'll start here how many puffy vests do you own i think i'm up to four now um i've gotten i got three new ones this year including i know people uh i'm guessing it was uh our equipment manager uh miguel lopez who is the uh, reigning equipment manager of the year yeah. by the way nice. uh and got me a uh, in-season tournament themed uh bright blue to go with our uh our court and our jersey so uh that one has not come out in the last couple months but i do i do have a few uh so i i don't have to wear the same one every time but um i'm, I'm glad the fans enjoy it it's uh it's fun and it's comfortable well, and the the last vest question, really, and th- this is actually a real thing, and I know this isn't your department, and we should bring in a Matina or somebody on on three way to answer this question. But people want Kings themed puffy vests, and it's not like three people. Everybody wants puffy vests in the team store. I know you have connections, at least you have contacts. Can we get Monty vests in the team store at some point? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's above my pay grade uh-huh. there. Uh, I, I do think the three fans who who would like that uh, maybe they can uh, order their own custom or something. Uh-huh. But uh, I'm not sure that would be as good of a seller as say the uh, the De'Aaron Fox or Demonis Sabonis uh, jerseys. Okay, well you say that. By the way, you have five. I brought you one back from England. I still got to get that to you. Um, All right. So. Let's get to it. Uh, and, and again, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of combine fan questions with uh, the ones you know. A lot of them are the same. The ones in my head. Uh, let's just start philosophically as always. Now, just so everybody understands, we haven't had Monty on in a while, so just so everybody understands some ground rules. Uh, Monty can't talk about specific players. You can talk about his own players. You can't talk about specific players. So we're not going to ask him, hey, were you really close to trading for this guy? Or do you think that guy could help? That's just the rules. It's the law. He can't do it. He's not being evasive. He can't do it. We can talk philosophically. And 
I'll go back, Monty. You know, we've had you on since the day you got here. And you've kind of had this, uh, you in the front office, this running philosophy of, hey, look, uh, we're not going to, we're looking for value. We're looking to maintain our cupboards, if you will, draft picks, talent, et cetera. And we want to be ready to pounce. And about the time that people are saying, Monty, you're never going to do anything, you exploded the whole NBA world and traded for DeMontis Sabonis. A couple years have passed, a couple of trade deadlines with the exception of Kessler Edwards and the vaunted uh, Robin Lopez uh, career here in Sacramento. Uh, hasn't been a lot of movement at the trade deadline. So same philosophy, same goal. We still have the same place, value, all that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think the... The, the big picture um, philosophy is still there, which is we, we want to long-term, we want to be in the playoffs. We want a, a nice long run in the playoffs. At the same time, uh, we don't want to be a first-round exit every time, so we also want to advance and compete in the playoffs, which, um, you know, despite uh, I think some good things last year, we didn't reach that goal, lot losing in seven, as, as we all know. So for us, we're, we're always pounding the pavement and looking at those things. Um, at the same time, I think credit to uh, our group, our coaches, our guys. Um, you know, we, we've got a lot of good players here. Uh, we were able to retain uh, a lot of them this this past off season, which um, I know doesn't sound like something new, but we, we had some key free agents, and, and being able to bring them back um, and keep them in the fold is is a lot like uh, a retention. But uh, at the same time, we have high expectations. Um, I think one thing we're seeing this year, I believe we're on a similar win pace as last year. Same. Uh, the, the West is deeper and tougher this year. And it, and uh, 48 wins is not going to get the three seed this year. And so uh, we know that um, we're going to, we're going to have to play these last 30 games and get ourselves into a seeding position. We top six is, is a goal for sure. Avoid the play in. Uh, if we have to go the play in route, we will. Um, I, I think uh, if we can get, get a game in golden one center, uh, that's a huge advantage to us. Uh, we don't want to go that route, but uh, we'll, we'll get in any way we can, and then I think we can make some noise. Uh, that said, if we if we don't, we're we're unable to get to where we want. Um, you know, this summer and and going forward, we're going to have to look and potentially use some of that flexibility, some of those assets um, to look for for upgrades. So uh, we're we're always looking at both, but I do think credit to our group that we're in a position where keeping this group together. Um, is is an option, and, and some teams don't have that option, uh, and kind of have to figure something else out. And uh, it's it's nice to be there. At the same time, we we know where we got to go, and if we're not getting there, we're gonna have to do something. How much does that factor into the thinking? You know, you look at most of your championship teams, and they have had continuity. They've had guys that have played together for a long time that know each other well. The locker room is a certain way. The chemistry, the culture. So when you're factoring in. Uh, bringing this or that person in. Obviously, you see the stats and you see the tape, but how much also does continuity in, the, in, in your locker room and also whether or not that person's personality will fit? How, how much, if at all, does that equate into decisions you make? It's a factor, one of many. Um, it's, I think, all else equal. Uh, you might say it's, it's usually a positive. Not always, uh, but usually a positive. Um, you know, I think, but, but at the same time, we're also looking for guys that we bring in and can just kind of keep that continuity going because of, of how they play, who they are as a person. Uh, can they fit into our, our culture? Can they play in coach Brown's system? Uh, obviously can they fit alongside, uh, Domas and Foxy and, and our key players because, uh, those guys drive so much of what we do. So, 
um, you know, that, that type of, of question, you know, our, our scouts and uh, folks are out there trying to figure out, they, they've either had these guys in the past or, um, you know, we've gone through the draft process or, or something like that and uh, try to figure out who they are before we bring them in uh, to see if they're going to be a good fit, because that that's a huge part of it as well. You know, they, these these guys are around each other all the time, 82 games, high intensity environment. And, uh, you know, we, we all know our, our, our family, our friends, the people who are with us uh, through thick and thin, uh, you, you want that person next to you to, to be able to be somebody you can count on and uh, somebody that fits with what we're doing. So, so whether it's from the inside or the outside, those are you know certainly key key things that we ask. King GM Monty McNair with us. You know, one just minor question. We have spent a ton of time on it, but would you would you mind walking us through? I think you can, since he was our player. Uh, and if you can't, apologies. Would you mind walking us through the Robin Lopez deal? I, I've had a lot of people just ask what what does that do for us? What's the purpose of it? What what are cash considerations? How does it help? As as best as you can, would you mind just walking through the benefits of, of doing that from our end? Yeah, really, these are these are minor deals. And, and the way that we kind of go through this is, is we're looking at, um, you know, bigger deals. We're, we're, we're talking about that with teams uh, for months. Uh, at the same time, we get down, we, you go down to the end, and, and we were in a position where uh, we just had an open roster spot, and – uh, we were able to do do something small, so uh, you know it, it can help uh, you know down the road uh, with with pick things in the draft. A lot of times, uh, you know, you can move up and down uh, at, with cash as a part of it or something like that. But uh, you know, it's a pretty it's a minor thing, and obviously, we were able to to then use that spot to uh, convert Keon Ellis, who's who's done a great job this year when given the chance, and we think has a bright future ahead of him. Uh, you know, obviously had a great year in Stockton the year before, um, and then this year has has been in the rotation some. So uh, ultimately, that was that was kind of what we had earmarked that spot with. If we weren't able to do some other deal that we thought made us better, and um, and then bring on somebody who's been in Stockton for a, a few months, uh, and, or sorry, a few weeks here, uh, Mason Jones, who's been a huge part of Stockton's resurgence post New Year in the. the for, for those that don't know, the G League kind of has a two-part season. They have a kind of a showcase cup uh, that's separate from the regular season. Now the regular season's going on, and, and Stockton is uh, second in the West, and, and Mason Jones has been a big part of that, so we were able to get him on a two-way. Um, so really that was the, the bigger goal, and, and can, we, can we get some of these guys locked in long-term like, like Keon? Monty McNair joining us. Um when when you're you're going through these processes, I know you're very much a fifty thousand foot full chessboard guy. I'm just going to ask you as a fan, you know, this team does have the same record they did at this point last year, and they're coming off a win against the defending champion Nuggets, the third game in four and in, in five nights, second game of a back to back. It's about as impossible a situation as you can be in, and we saw De'Aaron Fox just almost single-handedly close out that team himself. That's 3-0 and against the defending champs. But there's also no denying that you had the home loss to the Pistons, the road loss to the, the Blazers, the home loss to the Hornets, the uh, free throw uh, misses in overtime up four against the Bucs, um, the, the, the lead that was blown in Phoenix that was the first time that had happened in 1,245 NBA games, I believe, and on and on and on. Now, Monty, we get it. Every team, you know, the Bucks just had a terrible loss last night to Memphis. Every team goes through that. But this team just seems 
inconsistent at times and very Jekyll and Hyde-ish. As a GM, how do you assess that? How do you talk with the coaches? How does that go over, and, and, and how do you try to fix it? It's a good question. Thanks for rattling those off uh, for me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, it, it's certainly been uh, an up-and-down year. I think, you know, really it, it it sheds light on what what this group was able to do last year where um, I believe after the first few weeks of the season, we didn't lose more than two straight games. Um, and and we, our guys were, were able to bounce back so much. Th- this is, I think, a little more normal in, in the, today's NBA um, where, you know, th- it's just there's so many teams uh, that are competing and uh, there's a lot of talent out there that you, you got to bring it every night. And the nights that we haven't, um, we've gotten bitten a few times. And that, that's going to hurt us going down the stretch at the same time. Yeah, this group can can go into the defending champs on a, on the road on a back to back with the two time MVP there and and have a great comeback victory. And so for us, it, it's it's not just saying oh, you know, some good, some bad. We, we have to dig in. We have to. Mike and I talk. Our staff talks. Our coaches talk. What can we do? What what are the issues? What are the correctable issues? Um, and you know, I think that's that's going to be a big part of of this break here. Uh, just time to catch a breather and, and look at some of those things and see what, what can we do to get back to that? Because uh, the, like I said, the way the West is all, all those wins, every single game is going to be, you know, of huge importance. But um, you know, I think, I think our guys uh, in some ways showing that we can reach those peaks make, makes the other ones even more frustrating. Um, it, it'd be different if, yeah, Hey, you know what, this team, they, they don't have that or they don't have this, but, uh, we've beaten some really, really good teams in some really tough situations. So to show that we can do that and then not be able to follow through on on some of the others is, is frustrating. We we definitely feel that frustration. And I think for us, though, it, it just shows upside in this group. If you can beat Denver on the road, you can do a lot of things. Uh, now let's go figure out what happened those other nights. Uh, what can we fix? Because we still got a chance down the stretch here to put ourselves in a good position for April and May and uh, it's not too late, but th- those things hurt us. We can't let any more of those happen. Monty McNair with us. Uh, this is one of those, you know, Dave eye roll questions. So forgive me in advance, but honestly, I've said it on the show before. I'd be, be kind of cowardly for me to not ask you. And I'm not making light, and I'm being dead serious. How are? What is your philosophy generally on, you know, teams and sports psychologists? I've often wondered, like. Malik didn't want to miss those free throws in Milwaukee. Darren doesn't want to miss those free throws late. These guys don't want to blow these leads. They're talented. You see it there. It's the Jekyll and Hyde. So how do you how do you differentiate between a physical issue, like, well, they're just not good at that, and a mental issue where they have to get past this roadblock? And is there anything you can do to help there? Well, Dave, you have kids, yes. right? And so, so much, I think, of, of being a parent is trying to figure out uh, is this a time for for love or or tough love? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, in a lot of ways, that's Coach Brown and his staff's question every day. And I think each player is different. So we we do have those resources. Uh, they're becoming more and more um, available. Uh, we have some really good folks that that some of our players use a lot. Some guys that that's not their cup of tea. And sure. so that, that's one of the tools in their belt. Um, you know, at the same time, trying to replicate the pressure it's you know you can't replicate it all the way right you can't we can't we cannot replicate the the 20,000 screaming fans uh on the road uh the pressure of of trying to to win in front of your home crowd but we try to do the best we can in practice and 
Uh, I think some of the media folks uh, come in around that time and get to capture the pressure free throws where, uh, yeah, you know, your teammates staring you down that they don't want to run again. Uh, that's, you know, certainly not the same pressure, but we try to do those things on, on the free throws. But um, so much of what I think makes Mike a great coach is his ability to correct the things that, that need to be corrected, but figure out the times that, you know what, this guy just needs, this guy just needs confidence. He needs a hug. He needs uh, to feel that he's going to go do it the next time. And again, we, we have not done it every time, mm-hmm. but our team continues to bounce back. Um, and I think that that fine line is what we're trying to balance. Um, and, you know, I, I feel confident our guys are going to, are going to certainly shoot better from the line going forward. Uh, we, we've seen our three point percentage uh, come back. We've hit some, some huge shots down the stretch uh, of some games. So, um, you know, I mean, Dern was just the clutch player of the year. The NBA just said this guy was the most clutch player in the NBA. And uh, he just showed it again in our last game, scoring our final 10 points, getting a big steal and uh, icing that game for us that uh, was much needed. So, um, you know, some of it is, is just going to naturally come back. But the other stuff is it's got to be worked on and you got to figure out the right tactic to take, uh, which is not always easy. Monty McNair with us. And thank you for that answer as we, uh, go over the first part of the season and also try to uh, share some of the questions you shared, uh, you all shared uh, with me last night for Monty. One uh, that a lot of people asked was about team challenges. And I know that you just mentioned you talk with the coaching staff. It's a, it's a synergistic unit there, if that's even a word. And I'm sure there's philosophies thrown around. I just wanted to ask you on behalf of you and the staff what the what the general philosophy is, you know, we haven't had the best of luck at times when it comes to challenges, but more specifically, the difference, if any, between taking a challenge in the first quarter or, or, or in the fourth quarter, how you guys generally think about that? Cause I'm sure you've had conversations. Yeah. I think the, the, the biggest thing that I've told Mike uh, and the staff is we want you to be aggressive. You cannot carry these, these challenges over, um, to, to the next game, I've given the analogy of, of a closer, right? A closer, you can save. If he hasn't pitched in the ninth inning, maybe that means he can pitch the next game or, or the next two games. So there's an advantage to maybe saving it. And in, th- in this case, the challenge goes away. So, um, you know, I think there's a lot of people that, that want us to, to save it to the end, but we've given them the green light to, especially with the two challenge uh, option. If you get your, if you win your first, you get your second now, um, be aggressive at the same time, you know, Mike even admitted, I think one of them, he, he got a little, uh, a little jumpy and, and did a little early. Right. Um, so, you know, we're, we're always refining that and figuring, figuring out like, okay, what, what was this, was this an error? Um, was this something that we just got to live with? And so I think while maybe our percentage isn't great, uh, as far as challenges won over challenges, um, made, for us, the denominator is games because not using a challenge is the same as uh, as losing one. So uh, I think we're about middle of the pack in in challenges one, and that's you know more of a key metric for us. Uh, at the same time, what I want people to understand is sometimes you have maybe three or four seconds until the ball is handed in. Uh, it is very very tough with how fast and how quick they have to make uh, a decision. And and our guys, I know Luke Laux is kind of the coordinator behind the bench. He does a great job. Uh, we have other guys watching video. We have at home, we get the, the Jumbotron uh, replays a lot of times. And, and Robbie Lemons, our, our analytics coach, is trying to make sure 
time of game, timeout, foul situation, all those things factor in. You've got five seconds to do that. So we have a lot of rules of thumb to help help with that. But um, certainly I think some some areas we can clean up. But I love the aggression uh, in general. And uh, for us, it's just how many times can we can we win a challenge? How many times can we win a big challenge? Because mm-hmm. some of these are, are two- or three-point swings. Um, and you should do it if, even if it's less than 50-50 because it's such a big – swing in the game or maybe it's a key players you know fifth foul and this can keep him in the game and he can play five more minutes so um you know i think the uh the top line like success percentage certainly we'd love to get that up but uh you know i think for us the aggression is the key point and uh we want mike to continue to do that and i think uh overall our, our group's done a great job uh doing that we want to get back i think last year we were uh top five in the league and, and challenges won, and so we want to get back there Wrapping up with Kings GM Monty McNair. Uh, one question I was, you know, again, just generally, Monty, when you came in, uh, you had the the big long playoff drought. Uh, now it looks like, you know, who knows, play in playoffs. Hopefully, whatever will be two straight knock on wood postseason years and and going. And and I'm curious, just from a general standpoint, have you noticed any correlation, or has there been any correlation between the continued success and relevance of the Kings and how free agents, how agents, how other players, when you're able to even talk about acquiring or bringing anyone here, does it make a difference when the team is fun, when the team is successful, when you're lighting the beam, when you're on national TV more, we as fans often think it does and wonder, but as somebody who sits in the seat is your job easier from a recruiting aspect, and has it been noticeably easier since the team got better? The simple answer is yes. Okay. Um, I think the biggest the biggest driver for what players want to do is win, and uh, they they see that you know now now we're and this is what we've talked about. We want to be a consistent winning franchise, and we're, we're at the baby steps of that. But having a second year. Uh, where we are, you know, it's, it's funny. We were talking last year as we were going through as a front office, like, man, like, you know, the fans are loving this, you know, how, how quickly till it's not good enough. And, you know, the answer is less than a year. And, uh, and in a lot of ways, we love that because very quickly the, you know, a, a playoff berth is, is just not good enough and we, we want to advance. So I, I love that the fans do that, but for us, you know, it's, we, we got to be able to continue to bring in uh, talent throughout. And I think playing for coach Brown uh, playing with guys like Foxy and Domas and Keegan and, and on and on those guys, uh, players want to play with those guys. Players want to win. They want to be a part of, of something special, which I think we're building here. Um, you know, I think we've seen that with, with some recent things uh, where we've been competing with other teams on guys and we're able to, uh, to bring them back. I think both Harrison and Trey Lyles and some of the others we brought back had great comments last summer about they, they want to be here. Uh, they want to be here in Sacramento. They want to continue to build what we're building here. So um, th- those are, are great messages for us. At the same time, you, you got to keep winning uh, and you got to keep, keep growing because, um, you know, we, we don't want to just be a first-round exit team every time. That's not going to uh, continue to attract these key guys, but um, I think right now people see what we're building. We're getting great feedback. Um, it's, I would say one huge comment we get is, is our fans, our fan base. Uh, I mean, I can't tell you how many comments I got about how ridiculous 
our environment was for those those four playoff games last year and it was it was absolutely insane players on opposing teams were talking about it you know media agents everybody you know was was saw that and i think it was a great testament to uh to you and the the, the entire fan base of, of what this team means to this city and and how the, the team is supported uh we have a great arena all those things um you know, stack up and, and help us. But number one is winning, and we got to keep winning. But that that draws uh, that draws players, and and uh, that's what we're really trying to do. Uh, we got about thirty seconds left, so got to fit these in. Uh, speaking of the atmosphere, have you have you picked up on the Demontis Sabonis chant? Do you like it? I have. Okay, I have. Uh, my my five year old loves it too. So <laughs> I, I saw you doing that on Twitter a little bit, and uh, that that's been great. Uh, I know Domas has picked up on it too. Yeah. So that, that's awesome. Yeah, the fans are great, man. Uh, who will be? Uh, who's your right now on uh, February sixteenth? The uh, number one uh, pick in the fantasy football draft for Monty McNair. Oh man! Uh, on the spot. Wow. Great job, tough. GM. Uh, uh, <laughs> I mean, the McCaffrey's still still the well, top guy, right? Yeah, I, I mean, he's so. he's amazing. Okay, so okay. Uh, until further notice, I'll say I'll say Christian. And we'll have you on later in the year to talk about that. And then finally, I think the most important thing we haven't had you on since before the season started. Have you had any more kids? <laughs> we had we had our fourth last year. We, we are we are officially done. Um, so uh, yeah, we're. We're drowning it. I say we. We, uh, yeah. My wife, my wife is doing, I don't know, 99% of the work. But uh, all-star break will be good. Uh, remind my kids that um, that they have another parent. Sure. And, uh, you know, I get to be the cool dad. You right. know, I come in. You know, I, I get to, uh, you know, uh, we got basketball uh, starting up for them. Uh, they're both playing for the first time. And so um, it's been a lot of fun uh, to to get out and see them do that and, uh, but we're done. We're done at four. And uh, my wife, who, who I, I think I've mentioned, has played in college. She's going to have to be our fifth starter. Uh, we're not. We're not going to round out the starting five. So uh, but she's got a great shot. We'll, we'll get her. We'll get her open threes, and uh, I think we'll be good. Well, I think I speak for mothers everywhere when I say, "Great job, Monty. You're really, you're really killing all the all the hard work you're doing. Fantastic yeah. job on the uh, on the parenting, uh, dude. Thanks. Thank you uh, as always. Appreciate you. Have a uh, have have a good time with the family. Have a uh, have a fun break, if if you will. And uh, here we go for the second half push, my man. Right. All right. Hey, where's where's Jason? Jason already on vacation. Uh, yeah, Jason. Jason's on vacation. He's down in Southern California. Uh, wow. Home, home of the Dodgers. Home, home of the Dodgers. Yeah. Who would yeah. be a fan of that team? Yeah. Who, who would possibly be a fan of that cheating, overpriced, <laughs> gather all the talent team? Who would do that? Uh, well, well, I'm sure we, the the Giants Dodgers rivalry will live on forever, like uh, like another NorCal yeah. SoCal rivalry that we're all fond of. So um, right. we'll keep that going. I appreciate you, fans. Appreciate you. Uh, take care, and sorry that Daryl guy tried to get you in trouble. Yeah, he, I, I sidestepped it. He's Thanks, a rascal. Dude. Good job, buddy. Take care. That's uh, Monty McNair. We appreciate him. We appreciate all of you for Chris, for Brendan Nunez, for uh, Greg Papa, even though he wasn't with us, but he kind of was. For Mark Jones. Uh, I'm not forgetting anybody, am I? Uh, I think that's there for Simone. Thank you so much. I'm on vacation next next week. Jason's back for the full week. We're off Monday. Styles and Watkins next. Bye-bye now.